Welcome. Thanks for listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick. I host a weekly radio show that gets turned into this podcast, the one you're listening to right now. If you're an early riser, you can listen live every Monday starting at 7 a.m. on WPRK 91.5 FM. It also streams on WPRK.org. Or you can subscribe wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. Regardless of where you listen, this show is about people from the Orlando area who are doing something neat. Artwork, especially visual artwork, doesn't always translate to audio that well, but a conversation with the artist often does. Kelly Joy Ladd sat down to discuss her transition from full-time employment to full-time paper-based artist, and it took some interesting twists and turns. For more on Kelly and all of the other guests, please visit toacertaindegree.com. And now, on with the show. Wilderness on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Good morning. You're listening to A Certain Degree, a special edition of To A Certain Degree. Normally, you'd be hearing Kristen's couch right now. Uh, Kristen is out. So my name is Nick, and I'll be filling in for her. And luckily for me and for you, it's not just me on the radio this morning. It'll be some music, but it'll also be my very special guest. Uh, I do this normally on Monday mornings. Uh, to a certain degree, and I get to talk to very interesting and neat people. Today is no exception. Kelly Joy Ladd is here, the artist Kelly Joy Ladd. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for coming in on a Friday instead of a Monday. I know Mondays are the more popular days of the week, just in general. Everybody loves Monday. Friday is like meh Fridays. Who yeah. likes that? And because you're looking forward to the weekend. So, like, what's the point of Friday? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and thank you to Kristen for allowing us to sit in this week. Uh, my show this week got canceled with Kelly, and I didn't want to wait too long uh, to have you back on. And so this turned out really well. Perfect. Yeah. So I'll be actually bookending the weekend. i got a show today, and I'll have a show Monday. Nice. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I don't know you all that well. We've met a couple of times. I got to see your work at the Manila Museum. You were one of four local artists that was featured there. And your work is so fun oh, and interesting and compelling. And, you know, we're going to try to describe it on the radio, which I think will be very interesting. But um, it's, it's just something that people should see. So they can go to Instagram mm-hmm. and follow you. They can go to Facebook and follow you. Yep. So Facebook is at... Kelly Joy Lad. Yes. Lad with two D's. Two D's. And then uh, on Instagram, it's at artist.kellyjoylad. Yes. And so take a look at that. You can also look up WPRK on Facebook. I think I shared something there uh, about this interview as well. So people should follow. People should look at that stuff. But let's get to know you a little bit better first. Okay. So we're going to play a game. It's a 20 questions game. So instead of saying up or down, yes or no, uh, we're, you're going to say paper or plastic. Ooh, paper if you're for something, because paper is wonderful. It tastes yes. great. Uh, you can use it as a weapon if necessary. You can. Either by writing something that is uh, particularly, you know, the pen is mightier than the sword, or paper cutting somebody until they do what you want. <laughs> I'm not saying I've ever done that, and I'm definitely not saying you've ever done that, but it might have happened. Uh, plastic. It's not bad as a 3D printer enthusiast. Yes. It's not the worst thing in the world. But as the opposite to paper, I think it it works out well. So paper, if you're for something, plastic, if you're like, that's not for me. Okay. All right. Ready? Ready. 
Spring Forward, that's coming up on March 10th. How do you feel about springing forward, paper or plastic? I say paper. I I like it being sunnier until, I don't know, 7 o'clock. I don't like it when it's like in the middle of June 21st when it's like 9 o'clock at night when the sun's out. But I do like it. So, like, when, when it gets dark outside... Yeah. I feel like I have to stay in the house. And, like, I'm like, I can't go out for a walk. Like, it's dark outside. You need to stay in. But when it's lighter outside, like, I can go on the walks in the evenings. And I can hang out outside more. So, spring forward, paper. Okay. So, afraid of the dark is what I'm getting to. (laughs) And feel free, if you're carpooling this morning, if you're going to work, feel free to play uh, uh, in the car as well. Or at home or wherever you are listening. Uh, Speaking of car, driverless cars. Paper or plastic? Is there something in between paper? Wood? Well, wood's more paper. But I like the idea of it. I like the idea of driverless cars because I don't like to drive. Okay. So if somebody can drive for me, awesome. So I don't have to pay attention and I can just daydream and do what I do. Yeah. Um, But I don't think the technology is there yet. And because the technology is not there yet, I'll have to say plastic. But when the technology is there paper all the way. So right now, if somebody were to offer you a ride in a driverless car, you would be, no, no thank you. Well, if it was going 20 miles per hour, but like on the highway, 70 miles per hour, not so much. Not so much. Okay. All right. Good to know. And uh, so what we can do, if you you do fall in between paper or plastic, maybe laminate would be the middle one. Okay. Okay. So how about professional wrestling? How do you feel about that? You have a son, so I'm wondering. I have a son. He's not really into wrestling. He's not into it, okay. No. Growing up, my brothers liked, like, Hulk Hogan and Rowdy Rowdy Piper and all those guys. All the classics. All the classics. But, eh, plastic. Okay. And that obviously is a very good way to describe professional wrestling for some people. (laughs) Uh, Jerky. What about jerky? The food. The food. Yes. Not just rude people. Um, rude people, plastic, but, um, jerky. I'm glad glad you were nice enough, kind enough to to let us know, because I would have been wondering, I wonder how she feels about rude people. I never ask that because after the show, I'm always like, oh, I should have asked about this. I should have asked about that. But yeah. Yeah. Rude people. Ah, Good. I got Um, that one out of the way. But jerky, I say go for it. I say paper because let me tell you, because being a mom, like, you always have snacks. Sure. You always have to have snacks. Yeah. And jerky lasts forever. Jerky lasts forever. And it's a good, even like if I'm feeling cranky, my blood sugar's going down, pop in a piece of jerky and your blood, it's protein. So your blood sugar raises and everybody's hunky dory again. But it has to be nitrate free. Okay. Yeah, that's my that's my role. that's your requirement. Yeah, I like that. I like how we just did. If the Jerky Association of America wants to hire. Uh, you as a spokesperson, you just did a great testimonial for them. I did. Yeah, so I'm going to cut that out, and we'll put that up <laughs> on your website at some point. Um, I, I'm Canadian. I don't know if you know that about I me. I do not know that. I have a lot of Canadian listeners, including Justin Bieber. Oh, hi, Justin. Hi, Justin. Uh, he turns 25 today. Today is his birthday. So Justin Bieber, paper or plastic? Wow. Don't let it affect you that you know that he's listening. Okay. 
Well, I like <laughs> one of his songs. Okay. I don't know the name of it, but I it's catchy, and I sing along to it when I hear it. Um, laminate? I don't, okay. I don't have a thought Somewhere in between. Way. I think that's about as good as you're going to get, Justin. So happy birthday again. Uh, are you from Florida originally? I am. I oh, was okay. born in Tallahassee. Oh, okay. But two days later... My family moved to Georgia, so I'm just barely a Floridian. And then when did you move back? Um, well, we moved all over the country, and yeah. then when I was 10, we moved back to Florida, to Orlando. Okay. So let me ask you this. The beach, paper or plastic? Uh, it depends. The beach is hard. Like I like it in the wintertime okay. um, because it's cooler, and in the summertime, the beach is rather hot, and it's... Like, it's hard for me to even be out there because it's just, like, even yeah. in the water, like, the sun gets hot. Yeah. Um, so I like it in the wintertime, and I like, we recently got a dog almost a year ago, and so we took him to the dog beach. So if there was a dog beach, like, I like Dog it. beach, winter. Winter. Fully paper on that. Yeah. But you know what I like better than the beach? I like springs. Springs oh, okay. are my favorite. Those are your go-to places? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite spring? I mean, springs are a big listener, so I don't okay. want you to feel like you're insulting any by picking a favorite, but can you pick a favorite? Well, Wakaiva's the closest. Rocks, yeah. Rock and Wakaiva um, are my happy places. I love Ishnatakni. My husband and I, when, when we were in our 20s, we had a map of Florida, and um, the map was just all springs. And so every weekend we would go to different springs, and we were like, okay. And, and so over the couple of years we went to like 30 different springs so you did the spring crawl yeah. of florida that's yeah. a great idea we should do that as a uh, as a thing and then show the breweries as well <laughs> so you can pick up a growler on the way to the springs yeah. okay yeah let's get on that okay, actually let's do it. we do a we do a segment called bad business ideas we'll do that in the next hour but that's actually a really good idea so i like that a lot let's go back to food for a second okay. really serious question sandwiches paper or plastic Paper. Okay. Do I love a, sandwiches. Do you have a favorite? I have a lot of favorites. I love Cuban sandwiches. I love um, turkey clubs. I love, um, it, I had an Italian sandwich yesterday. Um, I'm starving right now. The The picture you're painting for me of yeah. sandwiches is just delightful. Yeah. But you know what I like to put in my sandwiches? I, I like to put potato chips in the sandwiches. Oh, like give it a little texture. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I like to that's do. not bad. Um, I think that, you know, there's that uh, uh, Palmani's, or no, not Palmani's, uh, that place up in uh, Pittsburgh that puts everything in the sandwich. So it used to be they made them for the steel workers, oh. and so they couldn't eat fries separately, so they just put everything in the sandwich. So you just eat the sandwich well, and everything in there. Yeah, yeah. I, when I um, have hamburgers and fries, I'll put fries in the hamburger. I, I like that, yeah. I uh, I like that a lot. I'll do that with uh, Beefy King. I'll put the tater tots mm. on the sandwich. That's always a good time. All right. Uh, fully starving now. If you are too, uh, feel free to grab something and bring it to us. Uh, how do you feel about, so we have all these live action remakes coming out from Disney mainly. So mm -hmm. they're going back in their uh, collection of movies and remaking them live action. Um, you know, uh, how do you feel about that? Paper or plastic? Paper. Oh, okay, you're for it. I'm totally for it. Yeah. I'm excited about the Aladdin um, um, movie coming up. And oh, yeah? Dumbo, I'm... 
Dumbo looks sad to me. And I know it's just like there's sad parts in the story. I don't know if I can watch that one. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like Beauty and the Beast and all those, like, yeah, I'm all for it. You're for it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Did you watch the cartoons when you were younger? Oh, yeah, yeah. totally. Totally. Because you were about five, six when those came out? I don't remember. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, so we have crowdshare cars, uh, mm-hmm. Uber and Lyft and that sort of thing. We have crowdshare bikes, which you've seen around town. Uh, now the next, or one of the next big things are crowdshare scooters. So little electric razor scooters, paper or plastic on paper. those. Paper. We have some at my house. Um, we have, we have two of them. And then we used to have a small one from when my son was little and we would ride to school on them. Um, sometimes and um, yeah, totally. They're fun. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. Okay. So, so you jump on one right now, just yeah. swipe the credit card and go. go down. I like the idea of you going downtown and just hip checking people out of your way. <laughs> like your son following you, yeah. you're, you're mama bear clearing the way. Yeah, go like that. We're coming through. All right, let me ask you about this Lady Gaga or Gaga, I'm not sure how to pronounce Gaga. it, and Bradley Cooper. Paper or plastic? You know the term is yeah. sh- shipping, right? Like yeah. if you if you imagine a couple together, you ship them. Yeah, I, I, why not paper? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> why not? I mean, they're. I, I'm sure they're both listening. Yeah. So I mean, so go you, for it, guys. Do you have any advice for them? Um, no. If you're feeling it, go for it. Okay. Mm-hmm. It certainly seems like they do. They seem like they do. Yeah, a lot of people were saying that. Cursive. So you work with paper. Yes. Um, And I don't know if you do, you know, I do typewriter stuff, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if you do any kind of writing on it. We'll get into a little bit more of your art. But how do you feel about uh, people learning cursive and using cursive as a handwriting uh, tool? Well, schools aren't really teaching cursive anymore. Yeah. A little bit, but not much. They go back and forth, so some schools are bringing it back. Yeah. Uh, like the New York State um, brought it back a couple of years are ago. They, yeah. I, see, I'm all for it because, like, when I write letters and, like, I'll write something, notes to my son, he can't read it. And, yeah. like, and then I think, how are you going to sign your name on a check? Well, there might not be checks when he's older, but... But, like, how are you going to sign your name on an official document? Just going to print it? Like, so I I just have those thoughts about cursive. Mm. Like, well, what's going to happen? How are you going to sign your name? So um, some signature concerns. But yeah. overall, you think people should? Overall, cursive, yeah. paper. Okay. All right. Uh, last one for now. Okay. Um, we'll uh, take a break here, and we'll get to know you a little bit better. Kelly Joy Ladd is my guest. If you're just tuning in, uh, Kristen's Couch is not being heard currently. Uh, she was out, so she uh, let me come in, and I usually am on on Mondays. My name is Nick. This is to a certain degree. Kelly Joy Ladd, last question. Cobbler, the dessert, mm. not the person who fixes your shoes. Paper or plastic? Paper. Yeah, cobbler's yeah, delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have Do you have a sweet tooth? Are you uh, a dessert person in general? Yeah, I love sweets. Yeah. But, yeah, so cobbler... Like, I'm all for it. I like pies, cobbler. I like all of it. Yeah. Do you have a particular favorite? Cobbler? A lot of cobblers mm-hmm. listening. Okay. I like apple. But you know what I wish they had? I wish they had key lime pie cobbler. Ooh. That'd be fun. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. 
Because I think the the compelling thing about cobbler for me is I tend to like things very orderly, like in a pie. So when I get a cobbler, when I have the option to get a cobbler, I almost always get it because it's like a deconstructed pie. Mm-hmm. And I love that idea of introducing more chaos to my life through dessert. That's nice. Yeah, because I'm I'm good with that. Other like areas of chaos in my life, I'm not so big on. I don't want a lot of things coming at me that I'm not expecting. Yeah. But cobbler. Cobbler, I'm that's a with. safe chaos that you can handle. It's <laughs> <This is> a safe <laughs> chaos. All right, Kelly Joy Ladd is here. Uh, you can follow her on Facebook and Instagram. We're going to play a song, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit more about artwork, inspiration, where to find your inspiration, how Kelly finds her inspiration, how that applies to you, and she's going to guarantee that she'll. this will help you every time you're looking for inspiration. Every time. Every time. Uh, so we're going to play a song. Let me say that the first song we played was Post Data, Let's Be Wilderness, and that uh, is the name of the album, and the song was Wilderness. So right now we're going to hear from R.F. Shannon from the new album Trickster or Trickler. Hmm, can't read that handwriting. I think it's in uh, cursive, as a matter of fact. Hmm. Trickler Blues, we'll be hearing off of that album here in a second. R.F. Shannon on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. Episode 99 with Victoria Walsh, also known as the Macrame Mama, was a while back. It's a really good episode. She's always busy, though, so you can catch up with her anytime, especially if you want to learn the art of knotting. There are plenty of opportunities coming up on April 6th. She'll teach you how to make a plant hanger at the Art and History Museum of Maitland. April 13th is for the kids with a hike and weave. There's also an adult plant hanger class. Those are at Lou Gardens. Wall hangings are the name of the game on May 29th at the Orlando Museum of Art. Check out more dates at macramemama.com. That's M-O-M-M-A. Or search for Macrame Mama on Facebook. RF Shannon on WPRK, Lunar Park, Florida. That was Toothache from his brand new album, Trickster Blues. Good morning. My name is Nick. You'd normally be hearing Kristen's couch right now, but you're listening to a certain degree. I am usually on on Monday mornings. Today, I get to come on and fill in for Kristen. And just like on Monday mornings, I have a very special guest. Kelly Joy Ladd is here. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. We had to reschedule from earlier in the week, but you have uh, luckily some flexibility. You were yes. very gracious. And uh, I was incredibly apologetic, so I think that probably helped. It did help. Yeah. Okay, good, good. (laughs) So when dealing with people, if you're just incredibly apologetic, that helps. Good to know. Thank you so much, Kelly. Uh, Kelly, you're here because uh, we met, I can't remember if we met at the Manello or after the Manello. We met at the Stardust Grandma Party. That's right. And you had some artwork at the Manello. You're featured one of four artists, local artists at the Manello, uh, way back in September, October. Yep. And uh, it was pretty fantastic to see that. The Manello does a really good uh, job of putting up artists, uh, just in general, Mm -hmm. uh, curating some stuff that you're not going to see anywhere else, but then also focusing on local artists. So they started this, I think, last year, the Orlando or Orlando. Uh, panel, and so you were one of the artists featured this year. And I really, I, I 
it was something about uh, your artwork, and I don't know how to describe it exactly, uh, because, you know, to me, a lot of the pieces had a certain amount of whimsy to them. Mm -hmm. So you work in paper, uh, you take uh, paper and put them or create them in different shapes and then uh, put them on some sort of palette. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I'm not even sure in some cases what your inspiration is, but it just spoke to me in a way. And oh, so I, I love, you know, working in the ad agency world, working with magazines, working with typewriters as I do now, you know, there's that, that artifact of paper mm-hmm. is just so much fun. There's something about holding it in your hands or, um, and that to me is almost like, this this artistic interpretation of a message in paper. So I thought that was really neat. Um, but let me ask you, how did you get started in that particular medium? Like as a as a kid or in college, were you uh, you were a traditional artist or you were you know you were a sculptor, and then it just happened to go that way? Like what was that transition like for you? Well, um, I first started working in paper about. Seven years ago, Um, because at the time, before that, I wasn't really, I I made things, I, like, painted, like, things for the house. Like, I wasn't really, like, it wasn't a goal to show it or to do anything with it. It was just to decorate and paint and give it to my friends and whatever. But about seven years ago, uh, my husband he um, has Lyme disease, and he developed a condition called multiple chemical sensitivity. And at the time, well, even now, um, he couldn't be around any chemicals at no. all. So we had to ha- I had to stop painting. And so I was like, okay, well, how am I going to how am I going to make art? How am I going to release this creativity? And I thought, and I was like, well, he can be around paper. And so I started playing with paper. And I was like, and then I found a type of glue that he could be around. And I just, it developed from that. And, um, yeah, so so he always takes credit. He's like, it's because of me <laughs> that you are making this art. And I'm like, yeah, like, all right. Kind of. Kind of, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting because, you, you know, people always talk about you get your most creative when you have these structures and this, these limitations put in place around you. Yeah. Right? Like once you get the box, if you just say, you can do whatever you want, here's a wall or here's not even a wall, do whatever you want, here's a space. Um, but once you start putting limitations in, now it becomes this, now it becomes... You can uh, find your little niche. Down. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, that's really neat. So what was it like at first working? Was it just, did it just feel natural right away? Or were you, um, was it a little bit of a struggle to transition to something like that? Well, I had the idea of paper because when I was in high school, I made an art piece for my friend Jill. And I used tissue paper for this little art piece that I made her. And I just spelled out her name. It was just Jill. And um, when I was thinking about paper, I remembered that little thing that I made her. And I was like, oh, I could do something like that, but with harder paper, with cardstock and different types of paper. And so I started playing with it. And over time, like, I developed a lot of different type of techniques and um, different 
textures and it all developed from that. Mm -hmm. So are, would you say you're an expert on paper now? You like I know a lot about it. Okay. I, <laughs> which one which one tastes the best? That question we have to ask my dog. Okay. Because he if I drop paper, like he just He's eating it. He's eating it. And I just all day long I'm just like pulling paper out of his mouth. I'm like, Don't eat that. Don't eat that. But we have to ask him. Okay. It, he would be the expert. Is he on listening that. right now? I think so. Okay. I think so. All right. Misa, if you could get back to us on that, I'm, I'm hugely curious about the best tasting uh, paper. So before becoming uh, a, essentially a full-time artist, mm -hmm. which you are now, uh, what were you doing and what was kind of the your creative outlet um, for work? Well, for work. You know, I've always had a creative type of job. Yep. Um, when I was 16, I was a performer at Disney World. Okay. And, um, and then I did that for about five years. And then from that, I started writing. Um, and I wrote for, like, hardrock.com. And then I was their music writer. And um, so I interviewed bands and wrote about their memorabilia and did concert reviews and different things like that. And then after that, I worked for magazines. I worked for magazines for about 10 years. And what were you doing there, writing? And yeah, I was writing. Um, I was an editor. Um, and towards the end, I kind of positioned myself. So I was more of a prop stylist. And I, I worked for a parenting magazine. So... I was more of a prop stylist, craft stylist type of thing. So I, I really enjoyed the photo shoots more yeah. than the writing of okay. being in the background, creating, a, creating the sets and that sort of thing. So you were a storyteller. Yeah. Yeah. So through a couple of different um, mediums. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, you know, with character work, I think that's interesting because you were a performer mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, uh, to people and, and getting across that. Uh, then writing, of course, is the, uh, you know, what people, I think, when they think storytelling, they think kind of writing, I think, yeah. come, comes to mind because of that's uh, the stereotypical one. But, you know, photography is storytelling as well. So yeah. it's interesting that you went to that. So now with your artwork, you're putting, you know, thousands of pieces of paper on uh, uh, a piece. What do you call the the back? Well, it's just, just a, a canvas. Okay, a canvas. Yeah, Thank it's you. just a canvas. Um, so really, paper is your palette. Uh, so you're putting them on, or maybe thousands of pieces, maybe fewer pieces. No, thousands. On. thousands. Like every more time. every time. There's. It's not just a thousand. It's like thousands for every piece. Yeah. So what was that transition of storytelling like from the written word to a piece that you're putting on the canvas? It was relatively easy, yeah. like, because the transition was, like, it didn't feel right to write anymore. Like, after a while, like, I didn't feel like writing anymore. I wanted to go more visual. And so I just followed that lead of where, like, my passions were taking me. So I led you to photography. Well, I wasn't... I wasn't shooting. I was just doing the, the sets. Right, right. Yeah. But I still think that's, yeah. the, you know, that's a big component of it as well. Yeah. Okay. And then... Um, still painting a little bit on the yeah, side. Yeah, I'm painting on the weekends and just making... Like, I, I make things, like pillows, curtains. I used to do the whole house and just... I would make everything because it was just cheaper for me to make things than, sure. than to buy. And I would see something in the store. I'm like, I can make that. So I would just do it. 
And so uh, then you went to a museum and you're like, I can make I that. Can do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's very neat that that um, transition was so distinct. Yeah, it right? was like very sometimes distinct. it hits people like a like a meteor, right? In in terms of their inspiration and everything, but uh, it looks like you went from from this to this to this. Yeah. Uh, so so when when I when the magazine that I worked for closed, um, I started working. Like I was like, I'm going to be an artist. Like it was like I had some friends like say, you need to start selling your stuff. So that was a message. It was for a you. message, yeah. and I was like, okay. And so I worked. When I got home from my magazine job, I worked every single night for hours on on creating pieces. And then I had my first show, and um, three days later, the magazine closed. And so it was kind of like the universe just like, all right, let's do it. You're an artist now. (laughs) Good job. It's a good thing you were doing that in the first place. Yeah. Very nice. Um, What about inspiration? So we talk about artists and um you know the sort of cliche is that you're you're sitting around waiting for the muse or you're you're standing around when it comes to making art out of paper do you find that it's similar to uh writing or you know that get that blank canvas the blank page whatever it is do you find that you always had uh, uh you know that getting started was maybe uh, a little bit of a challenge or does it come to you and you're like, no, I just got to, or do you just start putting things on the no, canvas and it goes? I, um, I get my ideas through meditation or when I'm in a deep relaxed state, like that place between sleep and awake, or like when I'm getting a massage and you're just like super relaxed and, or at the end of yoga, like Shavasana, you're just completely relaxed. Mm-hmm. And when I'm in that state, I get ideas. I, ideas just flow, and um, and when I see something, I'm like, "Oh, okay, that's cool." And then, like, I rotate it around in my mind, and I figure out how the sides are going to be and what it's going to look like. And and then when I get out of that state, I sketch it out, and then I and I'm like compelled to make that. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's it's a very like. When I force, like when I'm done with a piece and I try to force that, I'm like, okay, I'm ready for the next one. Like nothing comes. And I have to just wait and I have to be patient and wait to, for the energy to flow again and, and the inspiration to come. How long did it take you to figure that out, that that was, that was a method or that was how it works for you? Yeah. Um, in the beginning, in the beginning, like I started like before sleep, like things would start coming. And, like, I remember this one piece I made, like, I had, the idea came to me, and I actually gasped out loud. I was like, oh. and so, yeah, so it, it's it's been like that from the beginning. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, it's yeah. good that you know where your inspiration yeah. comes from. <laughs> That's pretty neat. Uh, let's take a quick break. Okay. We're going to play some more music. Again, this is To a Certain Degree. My guest is Kelly Joy Ladd. You can follow her on Facebook. You can follow her on Instagram. Um, and you know, Instagram, I think is, is interesting. Were you on Facebook first and then went over to Instagram? How do you find it? Excuse me. How do you find it as a, you know, as a visual medium? I love Instagram. Um, I've gotten a a bunch of, um, work from it. People find me from wherever. And, um, Instagram is just a fast, like visual, like picture and small little caption. And there's no like. 
I don't know. There's no, like, fuss about it. Nice. All right, good. Uh, so we'll leave it at that. Kelly Joy Ladd is here. Uh, we're filling in for Kristen's couch. My name is Nick. You're listening to a certain degree. We're going to hear from Richard Scherfe next. This is uh, from his new album, The Drunken Grape. I don't know what that's referring to. Uh, maybe wine? I'm not sure. Uh, this is The Fold on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. Typewriters, are they making a comeback? I say yes, so much so that back in February, I hosted a typewriter meetup at the Nook in the Milk District. The Nook was kind enough to let the clickety-clack of little keys take over for a couple of hours on a Saturday, and people from all over Orlando brought in their machines to not only show off, but to let others use them as well. It's like a car meet when you can look at all the cool vintage cars, but instead of not being able to actually drive them around, you can drive them around. That's a terrible metaphor. You get the idea. If you want to learn about upcoming events and see typewriters used the way they were supposed to with your fingers, follow Card and Fast on Instagram. That's Card and Fast. Upcoming events are coming up, so stay tuned. Richard Scherfe on WPRK, Warner Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. That was the fold from his album. It's a brand new album, The Drunken Grape. Good morning. My name is Nick. I am here filling in for Kristen of Kristen's Couch. She'll be back next week. Uh, and while I'm here, I have a very special guest. Kelly Joy Ladd is here. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, if you like any part of the show, uh, any part of it, like the name of it, um, the time that it's on, uh, maybe the content as well. Uh, you can go to a certain a website called toacertaindegree.com, listen to past episodes, see who's coming up. I usually do this on Mondays from 7 to 9 a.m. I interview really neat people from around Orlando who are doing amazing things, like Kelly. Hi. Hi. Uh, artwork, paper-based artwork. Um but let's go back a little bit, and if anybody missed any of the show, this will be up as a podcast uh, later this week, uh, or early next week, as a matter of fact, because I keep forgetting that it's Friday. Uh, let's go back high school. Uh, you're back in Florida at this point, mm-hmm. and you're coming out of high school. What were your expectations from yourself and from your family? Like, what were you expected to do, and what actually happened? Um, the only expectation I had... From my family or anybody, it was just go to college. Yeah. And that was it. And um, so I went to UCF, and um, I didn't know what I was going to do for a couple years. And then I think it was my junior year, I think, my mom was like, okay, what are you going to study? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to study. Like, do I have to pick something? And she's like, yeah, you got to pick something. So, so very common. Did you feel like this was a common conversation you were having or you were unusual for not knowing what you wanted to do? No, like I, it was just like I was just in happy land. Like I was just like, my mom was like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I want to write stories in a field of flowers. Like I was just like in happy land and which I did. My first, first writing job, I wrote for a flower company and I wrote about, 
I made up stories about flowers, like rose petal and whatever. So, okay. so I actually, I did that. But um, so, so I was just very like, I don't know what I want to do. So my mom and I were looking through the catalogs and she was like, there's a, there's a degree you can get called liberal studies. And I was like, oh, what's that? And we were like, she was like, so we, we were talking about it and we figured out you pick three different Categories of concentration, yeah. yeah. And then, like, a minor. And so I chose creative writing was my minor, and then I chose anthropology, environmental studies, and physics and astronomy. And um, So it's a very liberal studies often uh, compared to a liberal arts approach, like at a smaller school like Rollins College. What was that like for you, like being able to have, you know, that variety of things rather than, con- like, just saying, okay, I'm going to do math or I'm going to do... Uh, just creative writing, yeah. for example. I, I thought it was great because I figured I'm only going to go to school once, so why not learn about everything I want to know about? You know, so like I was interested in all those different things, so yeah. like why not learn about it? So that's that's what I did. Looking back at it, um, would you have done anything differently? Maybe thrown art in there. Yeah. Um, but I like how my path has gone, so maybe not. Well, you yeah. could always go back and do like an MFA or something yeah. if you really wanted to. Yeah, And exactly. get a little more background that way. Um, what about, so you have a son. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is what is your expectation for him coming out of high school? Because that's... My uh, only expectation is that he goes to college. Okay. And because... One, we already paid for it with Florida prepaid, so it's it. it's paid for. So he's going, <laughs> and he's hopefully to a Florida school, so we don't have to pay extra. But um, that's my only thought: is he can study whatever he wants, whatever he's passionate about, and if it changes, that's okay. Do you feel like it's a, um, or is there any advice you would give him based on his experience? Like I know a lot of people are doing uh, or recommending gap years or things of that nature. Like go. Maybe explore a little bit, and then you might know better what yeah. you want to do. Um, he's still he's in sixth grade, so we have some time. So I'm gonna let him. I don't know yet. I'm not gonna let him percolate a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, let him percolate. Yeah. Let him just figure out what, what he wants to do. But yeah, the, I think that's good. But he's really into like science, and um, he's brilliant. Like he's he's really into science and botany and astronomy and all this stuff. So. I, I don't really have any worries about him. Let's switch over. Uh, we're playing some music today from uh, new artists uh, or new albums from the artists. Um, how do you interact? So you were a music writer for a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, that was one of your, you took that creative writing yes. minor and turned that into uh, apparently writing about flowers in the middle of a field, mm-hmm. uh, but also uh, writing for hard rock. Yes. And so what was, when you were writing, did you have music on in the background? Were you listening to stuff? Like when you're creating your art or when you're storytelling, how, what's your interaction with music like? Music, um, when I'm writing, I can't listen to it. Oh, okay. I, I, it's hard for me to concentrate on the words when I have other words in the background because I like to sing along to music. And so I have a hard time because I want to sing along, but I can't concentrate on the words sure. that I'm writing. So it, it's hard for me to to do that when I write. And you need to listen to the voices in your head. Yeah. And not somebody else's voice. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. 
Oh, what about when you're doing your your artwork, you're doing paperwork, which and, and I don't want to I don't want to um, sound like I'm um, making light of it by any means, but there's it's very repetitive. Yeah, it's very the, repetitive. The, it's very meditative. It's yeah. like I'll I'll glue thousands of pieces of paper onto a canvas. So it's very like repetitive. It is. So yeah. So when you're doing that, are you are you listening to anything or is it that you're you're creating a meditative state for yourself to, you know, help you uh create the artwork? Because uh, it would probably take, I, I don't know how, like tens of hours, hundreds yeah. of hours, yeah. tens of hours to create something. Yeah. Um, so then uh, what about music then? Is it something you can listen to or is it, it something is. you prefer not to? I, I listen to music. Um, I listen to podcasts, like to a certain degree. Oh, um, okay. I watch movies sometimes um, or watch TV. And um, so so I do have background noises when I work. Um, sometimes I don't. It depends on my mood. Yeah. Like sometimes if I'm just like feeling chill, I'll just be quiet and doing it. But I, I listen to TV or podcasts or whatever. So like, sometimes that sort of background noise, it takes up the part of your brain that needs to be distracted so yes. you can do the thing you need to do. Yes. Oh, that's very interesting. It's interesting that it worked. It works for art, but writing, you really need it. It's, you need it quiet. quiet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's really neat. Uh, so about how long does each piece, cause I've looked at a lot of it. People can look at it at, on Instagram. Uh, they can look at them on Facebook and are, are you showing anywhere right now that people can see? Not pieces? at the moment. Um, I'm showing, um, in June. I'll have oh, okay. a show in late June, early July. All right. Very good. And yeah. so they can follow you on Facebook and Instagram to learn more about that. Yeah. But about how long does a piece take when you're... Um, and I don't think you have any typical pieces because all of them are very uh, different. I, the stuff that I saw at the Manila Museum mm-hmm. and and on Instagram is very varied. Like you don't do the same thing over and over again. You try and it feels like you're experimenting. Right. And, you know, you look for different moods and different uh, stories that you're trying to tell. Right. So it depends on how large the pieces are mm-hmm. and it depends on the technique. Like I just finished a piece couple days ago and it took me 50 hours or so to finish because um that includes the cutting of the paper and the gluing and all that stuff so each each piece of paper is individually cut and all that when you talk about writing you know especially creative writing sometimes you you create a character Mm -hmm. and you start writing them you don't realize where they're going to take you Right. right. Um, and that sometimes comes with nonfiction. If you're doing a profile of somebody or an interview, you might have something in your head going in and then come yeah. out with something entirely. Does that ever happen uh, with the art? Like you start cutting the paper or you start gluing the paper and it takes you maybe in a different way? Or do you find that uh, it's always pretty true to the sketch that you came up with during that meditative state you described um, earlier? Well, like, for example... Um, I recently worked on a piece and it didn't turn out how I envisioned it. So I had to redo the whole thing. Um, but, but most of the time it goes with what my, what's in my mind, but, but this one piece it didn't. So, 
So, so like, you redid it and you were happy with the second yes. version? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. But that doesn't usually happen. That doesn't usually happen because I'll, I'll sketch it out and then um, I'll sketch it out. Uh, but it's happened a few times. Um, like this one piece, it took me about three months to make. And at the end, I was like, I hate this thing. Like, and so <laughs> my son and I are trying to figure out, like, do we burn it? Like, what can, like, art installation can we do with this? Like, right. so, so. Do like a Banksy thing where yeah. it's just up on the wall. Somebody auctions or pays for it and then you set it, it on explodes. fire. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but most pieces, it, it, um, it goes out pretty, pretty pretty well like compared to the original idea okay mm-hmm. very good uh well let's leave it at that for now we'll talk a little bit more about artwork about creativity kelly joy ladd is here you're listening to a certain degree uh it would normally be Kristen's couch i'm filling in for her today and i'll be back uh, in the studio on monday uh from 7 to 9 a.m that's my usual time slot my name is nick but i never introduce myself <laughs> i should introduce myself my name is nick and uh we'll play a song right now it's the end of the first hour Oh, wow. It goes That's, by fast. That is fast. Yeah, I'm a joy to talk to. Uh, let's play some, uh, <laughs> let's see, some Rookin'. This is from their album Unionism. And I will tell you what the song is afterwards because I need new glasses, apparently, and that's in cursive. So I'm going to let you try to read that, but I'll go ahead and play the song okay. right now on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. Opera times call for opera measures. That's not a pun that I'll be using again. Opera del Sol hosts interesting and innovative events around Orlando to get people interested in the art form. In April, check out their free collaborative music festival featuring cool performances from Central Florida's top opera singers. Topra singers, if you will. Along with the music, there's going to be visual art, a market, and food trucks. It's free. And if you want to upgrade your seating and support the organization at the same time, 20 measly dollars gets you a VIP seat, one drink ticket, and an event swag bag. April 14th, starting at noon, visit operadelsoul.org for more information and follow them on Facebook. Charles Bradley on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. Normally, you'd be hearing Kristen's couch right now. Kristen is taking the day off. She is letting me uh, fill in for her. Uh, My name is Nick. I usually do this from 7 to 9 a.m. on Mondays. And every Monday, I have a very special guest. So if you'd like to tune in and listen to that, uh, feel free. Today, I also have a very special guest, artist, uh, paper enthusiast, uh, arm wrestling champion of the southeast, I believe, just the southeast, or is it um, everywhere east of the Mississippi? Everything east of the Mississippi. That's great. Uh, Kelly Joy Ladd is here. Um, lifting all that paper, I would imagine cutting all that paper, your right arm. I'm I strong. mean, look at that. Do you try to do it with both hands, or? I do. I use both hands, well, to rip, because I need both hands to yeah, rip. And yeah. So, yeah. So okay, both, good. both sides of my body are super strong. I can tell, though, the right side is a little bit yeah. stronger. So we're going to arm wrestle on the air a little bit later. I believe that's a great uh, way to translate to the radio. Like, everybody likes to hear that. <laughs> uh, but first, if you're unfamiliar with the show, there is a segment that we do every week. It's called, or just about every week, it's called Bad Business Ideas. And this is bad, like, 
Michael Jackson, like who's bad, okay. we're bad, bad business ideas. And so first, uh, we're going to play the song because there is a song associated uh, with this. Bad business ideas. It's time to pick just one. It's going to be totally legal. We hope it won't hurt anyone. So come on, have some fun. Yes, bad business ideas. Uh, they're like real ideas, but uh, significantly worse. So the song we played from Charles Bradley was called Stay Away. So I think this is appropriate uh, <laughs> introduction for that. Before we get started, I just want to give you a, a taste, if you will, of bad business ideas. This was something that came to me. Okay. Um, you know, you were talking about your creative process and the meditative state that mm -hmm. uh, helps you create your sketches or um, uh, put the idea in your head of what you want to uh, do next. Uh, that's sort of like it is for me. So I was eating a taco the other day in a very meditative state, and I was mm. like, how can we improve tacos? Wow. How can we make them better? And tacos are delicious. They're delicious. They're almost perfect. They're almost. pretty perfect. But you know what I was thinking about is a Pez dispenser and the Pez dispenser technology. So can we take the shell of the taco and make it like a Pez dispenser where it actually expands... You can put stuff in, and then it contracts around whatever you put in there. By combining the technology of the Pez dispenser with what we know is a delightful food mm -hmm. uh, delivery system of the taco shell, can we make the taco better? I don't, I don't know about the Pez dispenser, but you know what popped in my head? When I said taco? When, you, when you're trying to improve a taco, mm -hmm. the only bad thing about a taco is that the filling sometimes falls out of the other end. Sure. So what if you had a taco shell wall on one side so that way the filling doesn't fall out? So essentially what we'd be creating is a hard burrito. But it wouldn't have a top. Okay, no top. So no you want to be able to, that's a that's a big concern of mine is seeing what's inside yeah. the food stuff that yeah. I'm eating. You want to see what it is. Yeah. So a burrito is wrapped up. You don't know what's in it. And it could so be anything. It could be anything. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. scary. Okay. But so we'll keep working on this. Yeah. Kelly, may I call you Kelly? Yeah, you may call me Kelly. Let's get to your two incredible business proposals. Uh, your job, and you have to accept it, is to choose the best one. Okay. Okay? Can you do it? I can do it. Great. Marketing. It's getting harder and harder to cut through the noise. You've got messages coming from everywhere. You've got ads following you around the Internet. You visit a website, and then all of a sudden you're seeing the ads for the next two weeks Yes. Uh, because they're looking for you. They're targeting you. Um, they're going to start doing this in stores. Uh, we don't even see or hear the ads anymore. So for marketers, for businesses, for companies, how do we get our message to people? How do we, you know, cut through the noise and find a new way to interact with people? Well, <clears throat> one idea is to go old school. Mm -hmm. Singing telegrams. I like it. I like it. And actually, that's very close to the idea that I had, which is to sponsor high school and college graduations. Mm. Yeah. So they could use the money, right? Mm -hmm. And we could put an ad in the middle of the valedictorian speech, which frankly, is, is a little bit dry and yeah. kind of boring and usually the same. No offense. Yeah, I no offense. A everyone. lot of valedictorians listen to this 
show. Hi, so I apologize. <laughs> uh, coupons on the diplomas. Oh, and that's just kind good. of tear off coupons. Yeah, free smoothie. The gowns. Like, there's all sorts of space we could put logos on those gowns. And so, coupons inside pockets. Yeah. So the, that's called grad ads. Okay. So I like that. again, a little bit like I liked the singing telegrams. This is like singing telegrams at graduation. What do you think about that idea so far? So far, I think it's good. I think because everybody wants to congratulate a graduate, you know, yep. like congratulate. congratulate, congratulate. They want to congratulate them. So like, here's a free smoothie. Here's this. Here's that. And it's a good way to advertise. And if their pockets are stuffed with with different advertisements, you get that yeah. gown. You're sitting waiting for your yeah, name to be called. You can be looking through. Yeah. Everybody likes free stuff. That's my understanding. Okay. So you're good with that. So that's grad ads. So far, so good. So far, so good. How do you feel about uh, minimalism? How do you feel about tiny houses, that show on Netflix tidying up with Marie Kondo? Mm -hmm. What do you think about all that stuff? I think it's great. A couple years ago, I read that book, Joy, like, Uh, Does It Bring Me Joy? Yeah. And I got rid of so much stuff. We had a huge garage sale. We sent, like, truckloads to, like, Goodwill, like, just get it out. Over the past couple of years, it's starting to come back, the, the <laughs> stuff. But, um, so, like, we should probably do it again. But, yeah, I, I'm not sure about tiny houses, though. I would think I would feel claustrophobic. But getting rid of the stuff? Getting yes. rid of the stuff. What if, okay, so let me ask you this. What if the tiny house, uh, you could still bring all of your stuff? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Because oh. A lot of things bring me joy. Yeah. You know, so I don't know how to, I, I'm not a hoarder. Like, you know, some people in my family that may or may not be listening, so I'm not going to name anybody. But there are a lot of things that bring me joy. I think there are a lot of people who would like the idea of a tiny house, but they know they have too much stuff. Right. So I have a solution. We can still get them in a tiny house. Our new company, it's called Flywalls takes all the things you love and builds your tiny house out of them. So you, let's say you have a lot of books. This is okay. what I hear from a lot of people. I can't move into a tiny house because I have a lot of books. Mm-hmm. And I don't like reading it on the, you know, the, the electronic versions or the Kindle or anything like that. Guess what? We're going to build the walls out of books. So you can literally walk up to something and open up the wall and start reading. That's interesting. Yeah. That's it. Now, would this, the back of the book, the hardcover of the book be the wall itself all connected and so yeah. the pages are flipped open and and so then yeah, you can you just, just read read stand there and read or bend over and read uh your collection of plates let's say you collect plates from around the world guess what that's your flooring now oh yeah uh your blu-rays which for whatever reason some people still have a lot of dvds and blu-rays those are your roofing tiles oh interesting yeah. and that could because they reflect like maybe we can do solar Panels. We could do a little solar panels, um, and who's really watching DVDs at this point? Yeah. Anyway, you know, you could. We're going to upcycle all the things that bring you joy into a tiny house, so you don't have to get rid of anything. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so that's fly walls, tiny homes made from the things you, you love. love. Yeah, that bring you joy. Yeah. All right. So you have a choice. You have these two wonderful meals set before you. Okay. You have to choose one. Okay. Because I don't know if you know this, but by being on the show. You actually have to start 
whatever business you choose. This okay. is a contractual obligation. Okay. Um, you are going to be the name uh, of and the face of the organization. I'm just going to be sort of a silent partner profiting from it and not taking on any of the liability associated with okay. any of these things. Got it. Great. I'm so glad you're open to this. <laughs> so fly walls where we create uh, tiny houses out of the things you love so you don't have to get rid of anything. Mm-hmm. Or grad ads where we do advertising at graduations because, let's face it, we need to get the word out there about yeah. our stuff. Um, what about the tacos? You want to go back to tacos? <laughs> yeah, I like the taco idea. You no. want to go back to the, uh, the the backstop, the taco backstop? Yeah, I think the, that's the backboard. A, I think that's a billion dollar idea. Okay, right so right. I, I say let's do that. Okay, so we're going to do the taco <laughs> backboard. I like that idea. Um, or we could just strengthen it so it's impossible to. No, it's not the breaking; it's the falling out. It's the falling is out what you're because it about. makes messes. It falls in your lap, like yeah. you know, and then you gotta use a fork, and it that takes the whole purpose away from actually what a taco's supposed to be. You want it hand delivered to your mouth, yes, not via fork, which seems very impersonal because yes. then it's the food is there and your hand is there but there's this thing between you and the food exactly you have a very uh you want that textural experience yes what's your favorite hand food besides a taco sandwich sandwiches what else is there a little empanada action mm, empanadas are yummy would you prefer to eat all of your food with your hands um depends i don't know yeah why not Okay, so if we could put, like, steak on a stick and things of that nature. Yeah, like cake pops. Maybe there's something to this. Maybe we need to explore this restaurant idea of just no utensils. No utensils, and that would help the environment. And, yeah, and then you don't need plates. You can just use your hands. You just use your, you come up to the thing. You There's some sort of little, like, hamster-like drink dispenser. You oh, just yeah. You come can. up and drink and then you go back to your seat and keep eating and your food is <laughs> in your hands the entire time. Yeah. Okay. I think we got something okay. here. I like this. Hands-free eating. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's the Bluetooth of food. Uh, let's play a song. We'll, uh, we'll come back to all of that. Sarah Shook and the Disarmers. This is from their new album, Years. Let's do what it takes because that's exactly what we were just talking about. What it takes on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. Have you seen mybanana.com? That's a site where you can go to support artist Justin Skipper, better known as Skip. He's creating a documentary about an installation he did in Orlando involving a giant banana. I don't want to give too much away but it got lost. Have you seen mybanana.com? Check it out and consider donating. Sarah Shook and the Disarmers on WPRK, Lunar Park, Florida, from the album Years. Years. What it takes was the name of the song. Good morning, my name is Nick. I sometimes have trouble pronouncing single words, apparently. I'm filling in for Kristen of Kristen's Couch this morning. My usual slot is 7 to 9 a.m. on Mondays. So this slot isn't unusual to me, being up this early and being on the radio. 
but it is unusual to be uh, in on a Friday. So I'm going to go about my day for the rest of the day thinking that it is Monday. Um, every week on my show, I do have a special guest. This week is no exception. Kelly Joy Ladd is here. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. Um, you may have seen Kelly's work at the Manila Museum back in the September, October range. Uh, they do every year a focus on local Orlando artists, and Kelly was one of the artists that they featured uh, back in 2018, so a couple, about six, eight months ago. Um, which is how I saw your artwork. We ended up interacting at a market later on that year, and I knew I wanted to have you in and have a conversation with you uh, because I think it's always interesting to hear where the artwork comes from, where the inspiration comes from, and you know, especially when somebody is a, a working artist mm-hmm. and they're supporting themselves that way, that's always uh, good to hear as well because it kind of pushes back on that cliche of the starving artist right right um now you didn't do art right out of the gate um but you eventually got there and decided that was going to be your uh, essentially your full-time job mm-hmm. i'm just um so there i, I want to talk a little bit more about the artwork uh, especially because this is something that i don't think people see every day so i would encourage them to go follow you and look at instagram and facebook and see the artwork that you're doing uh because it is it is unique. Um, it is, I don't want to call it unusual because I think that has a, a negative connotation to it. I, I think it's very whimsical. I think it's very um, delightful um, in many cases. But I'm curious if, uh, you know, how, how do you describe it when people ask you what you do and you don't have necessarily one of your pieces right. around? Um, and then, you know, is that always like, are there, I guess, darker themes? Where do some of the themes come from? Because I look at it and I feel like it's whimsical, but that might not be the impression that you're trying to get across, mm-hmm. which is the struggle of the artist, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I um, So my pieces, um, they're, most of them are large scale, and um, they consist of thousands of individually cut pieces of paper adhered to a canvas. So the um, paper is 3D, so it's coming off the canvas. And so I have a lot of different textures um, that a variety of different textures for different pieces. And um, so it's very um, like you want to touch it when when you see it. Everybody, everyone's like, I just want to touch it. It's very Um, three dimensional. So some of the pieces uh, I saw at Manila, one of them had the pieces of paper were look like blades of grass yes um some of them were twirled around some of them were folded so part of it was glued but then part of it was coming up and they were put into an intricate pattern yes and um so my pieces they um most of them are based on astronomical concepts um Going back um, when I was at UCF, I studied astronomy and physics. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had a passion for that for a really long time. And, and the ideas of astronomy just fascinate me. Like the wonderment of it all and is just mind-blowing to me. And so I was while I was starting this whole process, I, I kept going back to astronomy and and the wonderment of it. And, and like you said, like it's whimsical. And but I also see it as very like 
like people are curious when they look at it of like how did she do that and like what's it made of and sure and um but it is very playful and and i i feel like you get a wonderment out of out of the the pieces too but um yeah so some of my pieces um i i like to bring in the astronomy aspect into it mostly with the names of the pieces like i have one called um interdimensional tear one like um Big Bang, like one string theory, like different um, a cosmic expansion. Like so, I like to incorporate the ideas of astronomy into my work. Because um, when I was at UCF and I studied astronomy there, like I was really into astronomy. Like mm-hmm. I would take classes where there would be six people in the class, like, and there'd be all rocket scientists, and then there'd be me. And um, and and I was just fascinated. I even took a class over at Kennedy Space Center. And we used their telescopes, and we would drive through the gate, and the guards would salute us as we came in and stuff. It was really well, Apparently cool. the police just heard that, and they're coming <laughs> by, because maybe you weren't uh, yeah, wasn't really allowed, allowed to, to be there. there. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so I, um, I just like to incorporate those ideas into the work. And so the easiest way for me to do that is through the title, but... Um, like the the piece that you're talking about with the spikes um, or the the grass lake pieces, I I called that one Europa, which was an icy moon of Jupiter. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I was like that would be what it would be like on the icy moon of like the shards of of ice. Oh yeah, because it was all white. It was all right? white with with a, with a black background. background. Yeah. And so um so that's how some of my ideas come from. That's really neat because you're. It's interesting because you're able to go, even though they're um, interpretations of certain things, like that's mm-hmm. an interpretation of, of the moon Europa, um, you're able to go very literal in terms of your uh, uh, your vision of what it might be like on the moon or right. wherever you are. Right. That's really interesting. But like for that piece, I didn't go into it thinking, oh, that's going to be this while I was working on it. And I was like, oh, this kind of looks like ice. Oh, then like the icy moon and so like i, I didn't okay. go into it with that idea it, so you're not thinking europa when you started no you're thinking okay let me take a what was it, about two by four it was a three by three three by three piece of canvas uh you saw this vision in your head where it's all black with one corner sort of these pieces coming off like growing out of it yeah. almost uh so and then afterwards or during you almost saw those as uh, stalagmites or uh, mm-hmm. ice particles coming up, and that's where Europa came from. Yes. That's really interesting. Okay, so your process is creative throughout. Yes. So it's not just, I have this vision at the beginning, and uh, this is what it's called, and this is what it's inspired by. Here's the image that I have, and as I'm working through it, it becomes clear in terms of you know, what this sort of represents to me. Right. So, right. like, as I'm working, like, the process, like, the whole process of it all is very, um, it's slow, and it and you're thinking the whole time of, like, why am I making this? Like, and those ideas of, like, what what will people see? What am I seeing as I'm working on this? Yeah. And so, so um, I just ask myself those questions as I'm working. That's really interesting. Have you ever um, had a vision for what you wanted to create and, I don't know, decided against it and just said, you know what, that's, it's too simple or it's too, uh, it's not necessarily something I want to do right now. Yeah, I've, I've had a, a few of those. And, and for me, 
um, just analyzing it in my head is enough. Of like, because sometimes I feel really compelled to make some things, sure. and um, and so those I make. But sometimes just the idea of working it out of how to make it in my head is enough, and I'm okay with that. And I don't have to make it. Um, but other pieces, I'm like, I like the 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 feeling is like you have to do this now, type of feeling. So, what was the strongest piece in that sense, like? This has to be made. I have to make this. They're all like that. They're all like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, because otherwise I'd be okay with just working it out in my head. Um, a lot of your pieces are different in terms of the way, the type of paper that you're using, mm-hmm. the way you're using the paper, but some of them are, are similar, right? So yeah. when you have the idea first, you sketch it out. Um, do you also get an idea? of what how the paper is going to work or is it just sort of here's the setting here's the scene here's the layout and now i've got to experiment a little bit with how i'm gonna uh, use the paper what kind of paper what colors that sort of thing right for the colors it takes me sometimes it takes me a week or two to figure out the colors and i'll sit there with little swatches and i'll just stare at it and, like, I'll send pictures to my husband. I'm like, do you like this blue or this blue? And he's like, they're the same thing. I'm like, no, they're different. Like, they're different blue. And he's like, they look the same. Um, so, you may need somebody new to bounce ideas yeah. blue off of, yeah. Yeah. And so, so <laughs> I, I, the colors, that takes um, a little bit longer um, for me um, to really sit down and, and be okay with. Because the paper, too, there's – it's hard because – it comes in the colors that it comes in. And so you can't always switch the color like you can with paint. Like you can add a little bit of this, add a little bit of that to make a different color. And with paper, you get what you get. And um, so that part is, I find, one of the most challenging things of working with paper. When when you're talking about that, like, do you just have a number of different paper suppliers and you're just looking from place to place you get samples in and mm-hmm. trying to figure out because you're using a lot of paper yeah to I, make use, something. I use reams and reams and reams of paper so i have a lot of i have a local a couple local sources and i have a lot of online sources yeah. and um and so i just send away for samples and then I send it back and and then i figure out what works best that's got to be very um trying sometimes yeah i would imagine because you can't get it always exactly what you're envisioning yeah it's the color because you're relying on somebody else so have you ever uh, just out of curiosity have you ever thought to yourself i'm gonna make my own paper someday no i never (laughs) to me making my own paper that's a whole nother ball game like yeah to me that's i I'd rather focus on just cutting and gluing than making my own. Like if someone wants to make it for me and I tell them what colors. Okay. Well, a lot of paper makers uh, listen to the show. So if anybody wants to contact you. Yeah, you can sponsor me. Facebook and Instagram. (laughs) That would be a good way of doing those things. That's really interesting. So do you ever, I thought I saw some pieces where um, I think it was black and it was twirly and it looked like it had some white on the black uh, Mm -hmm. paper as well. So do you sort of edit the paper? I have. um, Sometimes I'll paint the paper. Mm -hmm. And and so, like, one piece I did recently, I painted the front and the back. 
so I could get a different. So when when the paper came out of the canvas, you can see it from one side. Um, you could see all black on one side, and if you look on the other side okay. of the paper, you see yeah. black and white. So um, I painted all the paper first, hundreds of sheets of paper, thousands of sheets of paper, and then I cut those. Wow. Yeah. That's really neat. Yeah. it's I, I, People are always like, how can you do that? I, I find it relaxing. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's just like anything, like knitting or something yeah. along those lines, I would imagine. Yeah. It's that same type of thing. Except paper. Um, if I remember correctly, you did one workshop at the Manello. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so is that in your plans? Do you do you like interacting with people and sort of teaching them uh, the technique and the how-to and all that? Or Well, I for that was my first workshop I've yeah. ever done. And for that, I I didn't really teach my technique. I want to keep your, that sorry. a little secret. And yeah, it's your technique. But, yeah, but I mean, but, what... Well, what I taught instead was the creative process. Oh, okay. So I taught them or I showed them how I get inspiration and so I had I had everybody do a little meditation first and then I was just talking to them about just the creative process and how to get inspired and what could inspire them so it was more that technique of getting started rather than actually creating a piece like to me sometimes the process of getting started and and the inspiration is sometimes harder than actually doing it. Sure. So, so for that workshop, I just wanted to, people just to, just to try, you know. Here's what works for me. Yeah, and like try fi- it figure and out what works for you. Yeah. If this works for you, take it and run with it and yeah. see. So out of that, do you want to do more workshops? Is that something that's of interest to you? Or is that sort of a, I'd like to try it, I tried it. And I'm I'm good with that part. Um, I mean, if if the opportunities fit in well with me, sure. But I think I want to focus more on just creating yeah. right now. Like maybe in the future, yeah. totally. But right now, I'm I'm more into like I I want to make the work. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, very good. Well, let's leave it at that for now. Uh, people can find you on Facebook and Instagram, Kelly Joy Lad. If they just look that up, yeah, they'll find it. But it's. Uh, Kelly Joy Lad on Facebook and uh, at artist.kellyjoylad on the Instagram. Was there another Kelly Joy Lad? Is that what you had to do it that way? No, I wanted people to see that I was an artist. Like oh. if I commented, so then yeah. I'd be like, oh, she's an artist. Click. Smart. Yeah. Smart. So I'm going to change mine to sarcasm, <laughs> Nick. Uh, probably not. No one will click on that, which is what I found. Okay, so we're going to come back. We have a pop quiz. Okay. And then we pretty much have to wrap up and get out of here. It's, it go, goes by so quickly. It does go quickly. You're such a joy to talk to, as am I. Let's play a little Neighbor Lady with uh, their album Maybe Later. Neighbor Lady, Maybe Later. Oh, boy. I just I know how to pick them. Uh, this is Fine on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. And uh, just a quick note, if you're missing Kristen's couch this morning, I'm filling in for Kristen today. She'll be back next week. You're listening to WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. This episode was recorded live on March 1st, 2019 on WPRK, 91.5 FM. You will hear things on WPRK 
that you won't hear anywhere else. It's college radio. All DJs are volunteers. Check out the show lists online or just tune in whenever you have a chance. There's always something interesting happening. So listen early and often. And don't forget, you can stream it as well. It doesn't have to just be in your car or wherever you have an FM receiver. The To Be Decided is a YouTube channel where hosts Miller and Davis tell some stories, review music, and generally make some really great videos. Miller is also responsible for all the bumper music on this episode, in case you were wondering. Check out youtube.com slash the To Be Decided for more. Neighbor Lady on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, from their album Maybe Later, brand new album Maybe Later. That was fine. Good morning. You're listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick. Every week on Mondays, usually, I have a very special guest. Today is Friday, but I still have a very special guest. Kelly Joy Ladd is here. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning. Thank you again for being here. We're almost done. I have to release you back out into the world. I'm so sorry. I know. I like it in here. I know. It's nice. It's comfortable. We get to talk about our feelings and really works you know we do most of our feelings and our emotional stuff when we're not on the air yeah when so, the music's playing yeah. i have to wipe my eyes right yeah. now. yeah oh my gosh i was crying <laughs> like a child like children do sometimes hey speaking of crying this is the time we have for the pop quiz are you ready kelly i'm ready okay all right let's do this every day is an anniversary of something Often several things, and that's the theme for today's pop quiz. Uh, now, there are real stakes here. Okay. So there's five questions. If you get all of them right, we are 100% best friends. Yes. Four of them right, we're, we're pretty good friends. Okay. Three, you know, good friends. Two, acquaintances, one or less, one or fewer, bitter enemies. Oh. So okay. I wanted there to be real stakes here. Okay. All right. Sorry. On this day, mm-hmm. 1872, okay. 147 years ago, I was very young, the first national park was born, Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been? I have not. Me neither. I've never been there. So knowing what you know about it, okay. you know, just from watching movies and reading things about it, uh, what is your favorite part of Yellowstone National Park? And I'll give you some options. A, Old Faithful, mm-hmm. the geyser. Uh, B, the Yellowstone Sand Verbena, it's a rare flowering plant only found in Yellowstone. Mm. Or C, the Yellowstone Caldera, the largest super, super volcano on the continent that can blow any second and kill us all. Wow. What is your favorite part of Yellowstone? I kind of think the volcano. That is, that is the right answer. Good. Yeah. It's like risky you don't know when yeah. it's gonna happen that's where all the geysers come from like you can't yeah. pick old faithful because the geysers wouldn't be there if it wasn't for the volcanic activity mm-hmm. but like old faithful though it does have those pretty colors it does and that's what i do like but the danger of the volcano that's that's i think something that's missing from a lot of national parks is that danger mm-hmm. and i guess there is this there's bears and other things yeah, there's in national in there. parks yeah Okay, good. Very good. You're one for one. Yes. This is the part of the quiz where we talk about crime. Oh. On this day in 1978, 41 years ago, grave robbers did something that grave robbers do. They robbed a grave, taking the body of a recently deceased celebrity 
because they plan to, their plan was to extort the family. We're going to steal mm. the body. If you want the body back, you have to pay us. So who was the celebrity? This is 1978. Okay. Was it A, Charlie Chaplin? Okay. B, Charo? Okay. Or C, Chubby Checker? Oh. And if you're listening at home or in the car, feel free to play along. I'm going to guess Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin. That is a good guess. Charo is still alive. Yeah, that's how I knew it wasn't yep, going to be was, her. Um, Dancing on the Stars in 2017. Chubby Checker, also still alive, Sounds which I didn't realize. Right. Yeah. He will be yes. in concert in Miami later this month. Charlie Chaplin, two men stole his body in 1978 and tried to ransom it back to the family for $600,000. Wow. His uh, then-wife, Lady Una Chaplin, uh, or his widow, I should say, uh, decided not to pay that, and the two men were eventually caught. Uh, he was uh, His body was recovered, and he was interred again, uh, this time in cement. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, ransom notes. They are often delivered via mail. Mm-hmm. Stamps. Around this day in 1869, the U.S. Postal Service issued the first pictorial stamp. So usually it was, you know, it was pictures of statesmen. Okay. Uh, either dead or still alive. Um, but this set, uh, for the first time in 1869, included some ex-presidents, but there were also others. There was a, a boat. There was a train. There were some eagles. There was a, a guy on a horse. So this is a true or false question. Okay. Out of the 10 stamps in that set, you know, now we have the forever stamps. Yeah. But there used to be a variety of prices. The lowest, true or false, out of the 10 stamps, the lowest price was one cent, and the highest price stamp was 90 cents. How long ago? 1869. A 90-cent stamp. That'd be like, I don't know, a lot of money back then. I'm going to, that would like mean like next day service, you think. I would imagine back then. It wouldn't be next day, but like it would be equivalent. But it also could mean very heavy things. Oh, yeah, that's true. So you didn't have uh, maybe metered service came along a little bit later. So you had to do the addition, right? So there's a 90, okay, so this one's going to be a buck and uh, uh, whatever they called a quarter back Mm -hmm. then. A saw, a saw grass, a saw buck? I don't know. Uh, so they would have to do a 90 and a 30 and a fiver okay. in order to get that through. I would through. say true because, well, if it went with weight, because I heard on somewhere not too long ago that a long time ago, instead of um, shipping kids to like relatives' houses, they would mail kids to relatives' houses, and it would be a whole lot cheaper to mail the kid versus putting them on a train. On a train. Yeah. Uh, okay, I love everything about that <laughs> idea. And so you're going with true. I'm going with true. So to, in order to ship the kids, they needed the 90-cent stamps, yes. I think is what you're saying. And that is correct. So it was one cent, two step, cent, three step, cent, six, ten, twelve, fifteen, twenty-four, thirty, and ninety. So very nice. 90 cents in today's dollars? Four thousand eight hundred and thirty-three. Uh-huh. No, I'm just kidding. It's about seventeen dollars. <laughs> oh, okay. So it was still very expensive. That yeah. was a, that was a pricey stamp. All right, crime part two. The year is 1896. The place is New York City. Isabella Goodwin mm-hmm. is widowed. This is in 1896. At the age of 30, she had four kids. 
She's hired as a jail matron by then police commissioner Teddy Roosevelt. So already super cool. Okay. Teddy Roosevelt went on to be president. He was police commissioner in New York. Uh, Goodwin not only works in the jail, so she would take care of the female and the uh, underage uh, prisoners who were okay. there. Uh, so they started hiring jail matrons a few years before she started there. She starts helping with undercover investigations mm. as well. So Isabella is pretty cool. She eventually helps crack a huge case, one that 60 other detectives couldn't figure out. And she became the first female municipal detective in the world on this day in 1912. Guess what? She concentrated on exposing con artists and fortune tellers. When she was 56, she remarried, uh, and the guy was 30 years younger than her. Mm -hmm. uh, she also kept her last name and continued working, which was very unusual for 1921 when she got remarried. Now, the question for you, Isabella Goodwin, how cool is she? Super cool. Yeah, I I want a movie. I want to read a book yeah, about her. I never heard about her. I, I like was her. looking this up, and you know, uh, I look at just you know stuff that happened on this date, and I learned so much about you know sort of these little rabbit holes that I go down. Uh, okay, you are four for four. Yes. This is the last question. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Happy birthday, Mark Paul Gosseler. Oh, Zach Morris. Uh, yes. He turns 45 today. <laughs> you know him as Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell. Wow, you knew exactly <laughs> who that was. So this will be a good question for you. This is the very last question. Which character did you most relate to out of these three? A, A.C. Slater, played mm -hmm. by Mario Lopez. B, Kelly Kapowski, played by Tiffany Amber Theason, or Tiffany Theason, depending mm -hmm. on if you ask her now or then. Or C, Principal Richard Belding. <laughs> I don't know who the actor is. I apologize if he's listening. Um, Kelly Kapowski. Because, obviously, Kelly, Kelly. Um, I was a cheerleader in high school, so that uh, was a connection. Connections there. Um, and I used to have long hair. <laughs> Too. How uh, religiously did you watch this show? I loved Say by the Bell. Oh, okay. Yeah, I love that show. I didn't realize it started in 1989. Oh, I didn't either. Yeah, it started that long ago. Yeah, I um, a couple years ago, um, my best friend and I went to New York, and they had like an off-Broadway play of Saved by the Bell. So we oh, went and no. got, we saw that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. You did five for five. Very nice. Yes, that is the right best answer. Friends. We are the best friends. Yes. So uh, I guess I'll just be coming along with you today, yeah. wherever you're going. Yeah. Come yeah. on. Okay. Very I good. Uh, so that's it. That's the show. Cool. Have I fun. like it. Thanks. That was Thanks really for good. listening, everybody. Thank you for listening. Uh, Kelly Joy Ladd. You can follow her on Facebook at Kelly Joy Ladd, K-E-L-L-Y-J-O-Y-L-A-D-D. So pretty much the standard spelling of yeah. all of those words. Very nice. And then also on the Instagram. On the Instagram. And please follow her because you'll be learning more about the pieces that she's working on. You'll see uh, a little bit. Uh, we're, we're on the radio, but this is such a visual medium that you work in. Um, and especially when it's, I, I would call it non-traditional uh, sort of uh, art. But mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that's accurate or not. I want to put any labels on you that are uh, not accurate. But um, you should definitely take a look at it. 
and then follow her to find out where stuff is going to be displayed. You're going to have a showing in June. Yep. Uh, so that'll be really neat to see it in person. And as Kelly mentioned earlier, if you missed it, uh, you just want to go up and touch it, but please don't. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> but um, I can always, if you really want to touch it, I can always make like a small piece that you can like touch if you want. Oh, that would be interesting. You just put a small piece. This is this is the piece for touching. Yes. <laughs> and this is the piece for actually interacting with. Uh, my name is Nick. Uh, Kristen of Kristen's Couch was very kind to let me fill in today. Uh, she couldn't be here and let me do my interview with uh, Kelly, uh, which I wasn't able to do earlier this week. So thank you very much, Kristen, for letting me fill in. Uh, I'm still going to think it's Monday the rest of the day just because this is what I've been doing every Monday for the last three years. And again, I'm talking about it like it is Monday. Uh, this Monday, though, on Monday the 4th, Bob Codges will be on the show. You might know him from SAC Comedy Lab. He facilitates a lot of workshops with uh, organizations, especially nonprofit organizations here in town. Uh, so you've seen him there. He's like one of the nicest people. He's what I aspire to be mm. when I grow up and figure out how to be nice convincingly because I feel like I'm not very convincing. And then on March 11th, another artist will be on the show, Samantha Schumacher or Shoemaker. Not sure. That'll be one of the first things that I ask her yeah. is how to pronounce her name. I should ask that earlier on in the process so uh let's shake hands because i think that makes for good radio yes very nice we're shaking hands at the moment okay yeah <laughs> good good play by play and uh kelly i'll release you back out into the wild you've been listening to a certain degree on wprk warner park florida one last song for you this is nikki and the phantom callers uh this is a two-song single that she came out with what the uh let's see we've got uh the single is called what the daughter does the mother did and we'll play uh mamas should know on wprk winter park four you've been listening to a certain degree and that's the show thanks for listening to a certain degree where do you go from here tell your friends about how awesome this episode was Subscribe to the show wherever you subscribe. Also, check out toacertaindegree.com. That's T-O-A, certaindegree.com. One of the takeaways from this episode for me is sometimes when options aren't on the table, that's when you become your most creative. Maybe having a box is a good thing in small doses, like 10 milliliters of boxes. That doesn't make any sense. Thanks for listening. I'll truly miss our little chats. 